This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Andrew Callahan? First, I'll look at the background of Andrew Callahan, move to some of the allegations made against him, take a look at his apology video, then offer my analysis. Andrew Callahan was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on April 23, 1997. He was raised in Seattle, Washington. Andrew claims that when he was 13, he consumed excessive quantities of a psychotropic drug and has had chronic perceptual distortions. After graduating from high school, Andrew began interviewing people as part of an interest he had in journalism. He spoke with a variety of people like protesters who were active in Seattle at that time. Andrew moved to New Orleans, Louisiana, and worked as a doorman in the French Quarter. He attended Loyola University on a full scholarship. He studied journalism and contributed articles to the university newspaper. Andrew eventually left his job as a doorman in favor of conducting interviews on the streets of New Orleans. He targeted people who were intoxicated and asked them about their darkest secrets. He used these interviews to create a series he called Quarter Confessions and uploaded the series to social media. Sometime around 2017, Andrew hitchhiked across the United States for 70 days. He collected various stories from his adventure. In 2019, he published a book containing these stories titled all Gas, No Breaks, A Hitchhiker's Diary. A production company called Doing Things Media agreed to produce a series based on this book. The idea behind it was that Andrew would drive around in a recreational vehicle with his friends and conduct interviews. Andrew was paid $45,000 a year plus expenses by Doing Things Media. In exchange, the company took ownership of the intellectual property rights to the all Gas, No Breaks brand. The series was uploaded on YouTube and was quite successful. For the interviews, Andrew mostly targeted people with bizarre beliefs, extreme lifestyles, and unusual ways of making a living. He would look for the most controversial events he could find as he drove across the country. Eventually, the production company became uncomfortable with the work that Andrew was producing. He and his crew were fired in March of 2021. Andrew and a different production company produced a documentary that was released on HBO in December of 2022 called This Place Rules. The documentary covers Andrew as he drives across the United States and conducts interviews in the months preceding the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. In April of 2021, Andrew started uploading videos on YouTube using the name Channel 5. This series is pretty similar to his prior work. Here are a few video titles that capture the theme of the channel pretty well. 
Alex Jones interview, Satanic Temple Gathering, The People's Convoy, Utah Rap Festival, and Miami Beach Spring Break. Essentially, Andrew interviews people who are willing to embarrass themselves or do not have the insight to recognize that they are embarrassing themselves. Andrew really doesn't talk much during these interviews, and some have argued he doesn't really have anything meaningful to say. Now moving to the timeline of the allegations. In early January 2023, Andrew was accused by two women of pressuring them into having sex. After this, two additional alleged victims came forward making similar accusations. One accuser said that she was 18 at the time of the alleged incident. Here is her accusation. She and Andrew were at an apartment where Andrew was staying. They consumed alcohol and watched a movie. Out of nowhere, there was an abrupt shift in Andrew's tone. She consented to him kissing her, but when he tried to progress with his activities, she told him no. She indicated that Andrew wasn't taking a simple no for an answer, which pushed her to make up a series of excuses as to why she did not want to have sex. Eventually, Andrew discontinued his advances. Another alleged victim, who goes by the name Caroline, described a similar situation, one where Andrew was pushy. Caroline said that she met Andrew at a bar in Florida in March of 2021. She did not think that the meeting was romantic. All of a sudden, the vibe shifted. Andrew was buying her drinks and trying to impress her. Andrew attempted to kiss her, but she turned him down. They went back to her apartment, where Andrew became persistent. He repeatedly asked for sex. Initially, she told him no, but eventually agreed to various sexual acts. She had a panic attack after waking up at 4 a.m. and kicked Andrew out of her apartment a few hours later. Caroline suggested that she contacted Andrew sometime later, asking him to contribute money toward her therapy bills. Andrew's lawyer indicated that someone tried to extort Andrew, although the attorney did not say that it was Caroline. A legal representative for Andrew responded to the accusations against Andrew by saying, quote, Andrew is devastated that he is being accused of any type of physical or mental coercion against anyone. Conversations about pressure and consent are extremely important, and Andrew wants to have these conversations so he can continue to learn and grow, unquote. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now. On January 15, 2023, 
Andrew released an apology video on his YouTube channel. It is about four and a half minutes long. Here's a summary of this video. Much of this is paraphrased. Andrew starts by saying he wants to be fully accountable and transparent. He never thought he would have to make a video like this. He extended his thanks to everyone who accused him of making them uncomfortable during sexual situations. He knows it was hard for them to speak out, and it was hard for him to hear. Andrew was previously unaware that he engaged in this pattern of behavior. When the accusations became public, Andrew was in a state of denial and spiraled into a mental health crisis. After once again stating that he wants to be held fully accountable, Andrew offers a clarification about the allegations against him. He claimed that he has always taken no for an answer and never overstepped the line of consent. Andrew is interested in talking about power dynamics and pressure. For a long time, he thought his behavior was normal. He believed that if a person left a bar alone, they were a loser. Persistence was a form of flattery. And when a potential romantic interest said no, she was simply playing hard to get. Andrew wants to be held responsible for not having an understanding of what enthusiastic two-way consent looks like. At this point, the tone of the video changes somewhat. Andrew said that many statements being made against him online are not true. Contextual information is missing from these accounts. If people saw this information, they would change their minds about Andrew's behavior. Andrew is not sure what comes next to him for his career. He's going to start therapy sessions and attend Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step meetings. He believes that alcohol is a contributing factor to his poor decisions. Andrew concludes the apology video by saying that he understands if people don't want to watch his channel anymore, but he hopes they remember the message of radical empathy and media literacy. Now moving to my analysis. Andrew's apology video appeared to be carefully planned. I don't think that he was being spontaneous. It's clear that he was reading from some type of script. I think the objective of this apology video wasn't really to apologize, rather to defend himself and escape the consequences of his alleged behavior. Andrew knew that if he simply denied the allegations without making other statements, people would not listen to his message. I think he crafted his message in order to appear open to change, empathic and thoughtful, while gently pointing out that he didn't actually do what he was accused of doing. I would divide the messages contained in Andrew's apology video into five different parts. In part number one, Andrew made many statements to put his accusers and people who sympathize with his accusers at ease. For example, he repeatedly mentioned how he wanted to take full responsibility. Andrew wanted to be accountable. He was eager to thank people for accusing him and implied that they were courageous for coming forward. In part number two, Andrew attempts to mitigate the severity of his alleged behavior. For example, he thought his behavior was normal. He was unaware of the pattern he was falling into. He thought that he was actually complimenting women by being persistent. Andrew tries to reframe his alleged behavior as a misunderstanding about power dynamics and pressure. There are some mental health issues that may be at play. He wouldn't want to blame alcohol, but alcohol is to blame. And he did not understand what enthusiastic two-way consent look like. I find it interesting that he felt compelled to use the term two-way. Is there any other kind of consent? Maybe Andrew wants to be a pioneer in the new area of one-way consent. Part number three is the denial. Andrew didn't spend too much time on this, but he made it clear. He has always taken no for an answer 
and has never overstepped the line of consent. In addition, many statements about him online would be interpreted differently if people had more information. Andrew's denial directly contradicts what his accusers are saying and, in essence, completely invalidate the entire apology video. In part number four, Andrew explains to the audience what he is going to do to fix the problem that he denies having. He will receive mental health therapy and figure himself out. In part number five, Andrew reminds his audience that he just had a movie that came out and he's only 25 years old. He has his whole life ahead of him. Andrew is going to be okay, despite any accusations. He has plenty of time to wait until the negative attention dies down. Moving on with my analysis, I don't think that Andrew's work is impressive, but it's clear that he is intelligent. He has a degree in journalism and is articulate. He worked diligently to demonstrate to people that he had insight, like he knew something important or had some special talent, which should result in people paying attention to him. Yet, in this apology video, he denies wrongdoing and makes excuses for any potential misunderstandings. So, which is it? Does he have insight, or is he so reckless in potential romantic situations that he can't be trusted to make good decisions? Andrew can't have it both ways. If the accusations are true, then it casts doubt on this idea that he is a perceptive and trustworthy journalist. Some have argued that Andrew viewed himself as on a mission to point out hypocrisy. Maybe this is just part of a clever plan, like he has achieved his goal by using himself as an example. I think one of the most worrisome parts of this story with Andrew, if the allegations are true, is how some people make it seem as though consent is some type of magical mystery that cannot be understood. No one can comprehend it. Like there are all these people out there saying to themselves, is this potential romantic partner consenting? Are they saying yes? Are they saying no? Who can figure these things out? I suppose every type of human interaction has the potential to include a gray area. But with consent, it's relatively straightforward. People know whether another person is consenting or not. It's not rocket science. Yet individuals like Andrew portray consent as some type of mystery that the human race must aspire to solve. It's right up there with the Loch Ness Monster, the Bermuda Triangle, and Bigfoot. There's the sense that if Andrew ever found Bigfoot, his first question would be, can you explain consent to me? I just can't figure this out. Now moving to my final thoughts. I don't know whether the allegations against Andrew Callahan are true or false. If they are true, Andrew has been living up to his motto of all gas, no brakes. None of the accusations involve any type of criminal allegation, but they are still concerning in the sense that they suggest manipulative behavior and they potentially caused harm to people. The allegations speak to the issue of whether Andrew can be trusted. I find it interesting that Andrew made his living getting people to trust him quickly. Perhaps that's what he was trying to do with this apology video. He was so confident in his abilities to defuse the situation that he only committed four and a half minutes to it. His attempt was unconvincing and unsuccessful. Perhaps Andrew should consider changing his motto to all harass, no brains. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis.
Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.